Welcome back to another episode of the Workplace Effect podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Winstanley, and this week I'm joined on the show by one of my very own team members to discuss digital learning from a workplace perspective to give you lovely listeners the inside scoop. I'm thrilled to introduce Kitsi Aviles. Welcome to the podcast, Kitsi. Thank you, Lisa. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, so welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Really looking forward to this chat, so thank you. So I just wondered, Kitsi, if you could tell me and the listeners a little bit about your job role here at Meta. So my current job title is Customer Education Manager, but my profession is Instructional Designer. Broadly, an Instructional Designer can help find the best learning solution to address a business need, whether that's a performance issue or increasing adoption of a product, for example. Specifically here at Meta, I partner with cross-functional stakeholders to support new feature releases with education to help our customers understand how to use the feature, how how it benefits them, as well as creating educational materials that help customers get the most of our products and make their work lives better. Amazing. And could you give us an example of this, please? Absolutely. One of the best examples, I think, and one of my favorite projects that I worked on was when we launched the new live video producer for Workplace, uh, I think a year or two ago now. We knew it was going to be a big change for our customers. My job was to figure out the best way to help them understand the change, but also get comfortable using the new live producer. Something like streaming live on Workplace or anywhere can be a little intimidating and has high stakes because this is going to be live. So we really want to make sure that people understood and felt comfortable before they went live, that they could practice in a risk-free environment. So what I did was create a series of interactive demos that really helped them practice the various aspects of going live. And we broke it down into several pieces so that they could find what they needed quickly and they didn't have to sit through a really long demo of doing it all at once. And they could handle it bit by bit so that they didn't feel like, oh my God, this is such a daunting thing. And by breaking it down, they were able to understand every piece of the process, practice it in this risk-free environment, so that when they were ready to do it for real, they knew what they were doing and could feel comfortable doing that. That's brilliant. And now digital learning is something that companies across the world are having to get to grips with. I'm interested to hear how we at Meta support all our workplace customers who engage with our learning academy and how we continue to strive forward with advances to support digital learning. So one of the things that we do is that we provide solutions that accommodate different needs of our customers and how they like to learn. For example, we have live classes where customers can come in, hear from a workplace expert, and get their questions answered. And we tailor these classes to them so that they can really get what they need. We also provide micro-learning self-paced classes where they can do these at any time from anywhere without having to attend a class at a specific time that might not be in their time zone. So when we do the live classes, for example, we offer those at different time zones as well. In addition to that, we offer the interactive simulations that I mentioned, the interactive demos, so that they can practice what they're learning. We provide short videos as well, because some people really like that, to be able to see something visually in a small snippet. 
as well as step-by-step -step guides that they can walk through that are mostly text-based with screenshots. So really the best thing that we can do is provide our content in different modes. That way, if people learn best with a video or they just wanna search some text like I do, they can get the solution that works for them. Excellent. Has your approach changed or been adapted since the COVID-19 pandemic? Honestly, no, we've been doing our training this way even before the pandemic, because it's a really great way for us to reach a lot of customers all at once and a global organization. We, we are a global organization and our customers are global. And this approach really allows us to reach them all in different ways that we couldn't do that if we were in person all the time. We simply can't be in London and Japan and the West Coast all at once with a small team. So this really helps us scale and provide various solutions very quickly virtually, which is just as good and actually provides us a lot more flexibility and people can feel like they can watch recordings if they couldn't make it in person or they can do a self-paced training if that works better for them. Because for example, for me, I'm, I'm a lifelong learner myself. And the best way that I learn is I, I try it. And if I get stuck, I go find a quick solution to my answer. But I know that some people want to be walked through step by step and watch a video. And so we really want to provide the solutions that work for them, not what works for me. Amazing. So we have a very successful educational program for workplace. Why do you think that the programs are so successful? I think our programs are successful because we don't work in a vacuum. My team doesn't just create content based on what we think or our whim. We really partner with our customer facing teams, such as our customer success managers, to really understand what our customers need. And we also get to interact with customers directly through our life classes. They can ask us questions in those classes. One of the things that I do at the beginning of every class is ask them why they're there. Is there a burning question that they came to this class to get answered? I do have a plan for those classes, but that plan can go out the window if I have a small group of people and they all wanna hear about one feature more than another. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to get them what they need. And I think that's why it's so successful because we really want to tailor to their needs. And when we create the self-paced classes, similarly, we'll work with our product team to really understand the product, to understand what the challenges might be from a customer perspective, hear from our customer success managers. And if we had an open beta, for example, or a closed beta, what were the challenges that we're experiencing there? Where are the roadblocks to adoption or just usage? And that really helps inform the content that we create so that we are addressing those needs. In addition to that, we don't just do how-to tutorials. What's really more important for helping customers get the most of our products is understanding why and how they should use the, the feature. So for example, let's say that we're talking about live video. Yes, I can show you how to use Live Producer. Where do I click? How do I launch a broadcast? But maybe people don't even know why they should be using a live broadcast. What are some of the different circumstances in which I would want to go live? And so we can talk about anything from, oh, I just want to do a quick announcement to my immediate team to I want to host a town hall. And those are very different use cases, but we really want to help them understand that this is a feature, but it can be used in many different ways. And we want to help them unlock all those really creative, innovative ways that they can use that feature to really make their work lives better. Again, can you give us any examples to bring this to life for our listeners? Yeah, one of the best examples of this is our Be the Best Boss They've Ever Had class, as well as our People Manager Hub. So although this class does include specific workplace features that you can use as a manager to 
build relationships and manage your team, we start by sharing tips and best practices that help managers create a good team. So for example, building a good team culture, advocating for their team, mentoring their direct reports, and then we built in practical tips and how our tools help with that. So for example, one of the things that we include here is how to host an inclusive virtual meeting. This is something every manager needs to do in this remote world. And it's something that you can do with and without workplace. So we don't start with how do you do this in workplace? We start with what makes a good inclusive virtual meeting? What are the things that you need to consider? And then we might bring in, here's a couple of features that can help you do just that in workplace, because obviously we're not going to be able to talk and promote other products. We can promote our own, but we really want to try and start from a place of whatever the theme of the class is, how can we just help them be better employees, better managers, better people. And then we bring in how our tools can help them do that if appropriate. Excellent. And you touched on this there, remote working. How do you engage a remote workforce on a digital learning platform? Yeah. So the best way that we can engage a remote workforce is really providing them learning when and where they need it. I think this is the key to a robust remote learning platform or digital learning platform is that it's something that's flexible, that they can use wherever they are, whether that be on their phone, whether that be on a computer, whether that be at night, in the morning, um, of course, depending on the work norms of the organization. So for example, we offer our classes in multiple time zones and various formats, like I've mentioned before, so that we can really accommodate their needs. We also partner with our product team to bring education inside the product so that you don't have to be hunting for this information. But really, when you think about it, if you think about only 30 years ago, the internet was little more than a concept and only super brainy computer people were using it, right? But now it's everywhere. We use it all the time. It's become part of our lives. And that's the same way that we can make digital learning be just part of our lives. In fact, I was doing some volunteer work with this organization, which basically created these things called Bytes. And the whole notion of their work was we want to make learning as accessible as social media. So it was basically these really quick things that you could access on your phone and scroll through them just like you could scroll through a newsfeed. So they were leveraging this very same behavior that people were already doing for something else. This wasn't something different. This wasn't something new. I'm already used to scrolling through my phone to look at memes. And we even incorporated memes into this because this was also something that we were doing for a younger audience as well. But I've benefited from the content myself and I had such fun writing this content. And I think this is the key to really engaging a remote workforce with a digital learning platform really think about what is the culture of your organization and make learning be part of that culture. If your culture is that we're always on workplace, we're always sharing fun gifts, you can use that as a way to engage learners. Post a question, have them answer with a GIF or an emoji. Don't feel like you have to have this completely separate thing that is completely foreign to them. Try to incorporate what they already know into the learning and then it becomes seamless. It's almost like we're sneaking in the learning with things that they're already doing. That's amazing. People want to learn more if it's more straightforward. And as you say, that digital divide is less and less because they feel like, well, I already do this, so I don't have to learn as much. Fantastic way of doing it. And I love that approach. 
Absolutely. And and one of the things that I haven't really talked much about, but we also have uh, historically put together these toolkits for our customers where we've created some content for them already, maybe some GIFs, some images, and then they can run these campaigns or learning programs themselves with things that we've already created for them. They can customize them if they want, but a lot of them is based around this concept, right? If we're using Workplace, if we're having people post and we want people to post more, let's give me a reason and a fun reason to do that. And, and so I think that's the key really, is to find the fun in what they're already doing and what you want them to do. I like that, find the fun. Wouldn't school have been so much easier had it been, we found the fun in everything. And then do you think digital learning can actually create a divide within working culture? So I think people learn in different ways, and it's important to accommodate that. Uh, so from that perspective, it, it could potentially create a, a divide just that in, you know people want to learn different ways. But I don't think that it has to be divisive. I think it, it can be actually a way to connect because then I can, you know, let's say that I am a learner that really needs to take their time before I can ask questions, right? I, need, I really need to see with the material, I need to understand it, I need to know what I don't know, and then I need to post questions. That's different than someone who I'm in a class and I'm asking, raising my hand the whole time and asking for questions all the time. And those two things can sometimes be hard to do at the same time. So by having a flexible approach where you can really accommodate for both, that can be really important. So I'll give you an example here uh, from a previous job where I was actually doing internal training, like onboarding type training. We had a basically a hybrid approach where we onboarded new hires and we had self-paced content that they walked through and we had live sessions. And so what we did is that they walked through the self-content on their own and then we scheduled these live session milestones where we gave them okay, you need to finish this much before we go to this live session. But what happened is the people that are overachievers, they can work ahead. And those who need extra time, we can sit with them and, and spend the time to get them caught up. And so that lets you have what I would like to call pressure valves, right? Pressure releases where you can really make it okay for the people who are a little slower to take their time and be able to formulate the questions that they need so that when we go to the live session, they already know what we're going to be talking about and we can really use that live session to be more practical. And so we do a similar approach here where we have these self-paced classes. People can take them on their own, but they can still come to a live class later to ask their questions or do it vice versa. I always plug my self-paced classes in my live classes because maybe they missed something, maybe it was going too fast. And so I always tell them, hey, if you miss a part of it, or if you want to share with a colleague, here's the self-paced version of this class, where you can learn more, where you can go practice with those interactive demos. So really, we're just giving them that opportunity to learn the best way that they can. And I really think this is the advantage of having a digital learning platform or program, because you can really accommodate a lot of different styles and a lot of different ways that people learn. Yeah, absolutely. And you can also use it to go back and practice if you weren't sure in the first place. So brilliant. And as you said, it accommodates everybody's different learning styles within that. So that's fantastic. And would you say, have you seen digital learning change over recent years and evolve to what it's effectively becoming now? Yeah, I think digital learning is always changing. I, I remember when I first started in my career, we were just starting to have online classes. I, I actually, my very first job was at the university I went to school with, um, at, I should say. And 
we were just starting to do online learning and distributed learning. And that was, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say the date because I'll date myself here, but it was the beginning <laughs> of the internet, right? And so this was just a web page and it was more like giving a live class a web page so that they had a, a web presence, right? Eventually that became forums, right? Where you could go and, and, and post your assignments on a forum and do that asynchronously. And maybe the, the teacher recorded their lectures and you just watch that. And now it's, it's, you know, through the years, it's evolved into we can have full-fledged live interactive classes, facilitated classes. We can do breakout sessions, right, where we can have small group discussions. And when we're going, right, is we can be in, in virtual reality or augmented reality so that we can really feel and practice and experience what we're learning. Back when we grew up, we were going on physical field trips, right, to a museum, to to a park or, or whatever. Well, now we could do that without even leaving our homes and go to places that would be prohibitive financially or just time-wise. We could do all that virtually. And I'm really excited to really see what we can do in a virtual and augmented reality world where we can really bring to life things that we could never do because maybe they don't exist in the physical world, but we can make that happen in a virtual world. And how cool is it that we can just completely immerse ourselves into that experience? And this is a really great way that we can train people, say for a call center or to do a physical job, right? In a virtual space where I can really experience what that's like. We've done that in the past. We've done simulations where, you know, here's, here's a, an avatar that, that is pretending to be the customer and you're trying to figure out what the answer is. And depending on the answer, you know, they give you some feedback and, and that works great. But we can take that further now, where we can really have that avatar talk to you, react to you, show their face as you're interacting with them, and really experience what the consequences of your actions are. And I think that is where learning is going. It's already here. Let's be on, let's be real. Some companies are already doing it and we're starting to do this kind of work. This is the future. So learning is going to continue to evolve as learners evolve and as educators innovate because educators are always finding new ways to reach our students. Yeah, and what a great leveler that will be, as you said, not just financially, but from a time perspective for, you know, people to learn both in work and, and in learning environments for traveling to places that you would never get to see, you know, as a learner in VR, in, in other places around the actual physical world that you could see without leaving the classroom, but also for, as you say, in the workplace. Having just experienced some of the VR aspects of it myself in early days, it's it's a whole other level. You know, I feel like I'm in the room with you guys. I'm in the UK and you're on the west coast of the US and yet I feel like I'm with you in one room and it's amazing. So in a learning perspective, that's only going to be better for the learners in general, I think. Fantastic. So what elements do you think are important for a successful digital learning platform like we have? So I, I think we've talked quite a bit about this, but I'll summarize here. So I think a couple of things. One, the variety of content that you can provide is key. Make sure that you're not providing the content in just one format. People learn in different ways or have different preferences. Sometimes it's just a preference. Like I can learn in all these ways, but I prefer to read because I can quickly scan and find the answer. If I need to, to see something visual, a quick video is helpful. But again, different people enjoy different things. And so it's important to have the content in different formats. 
Being able to track what content users find most valuable is also really important. So having a way for people to log in and for you to be able to tell where are people at, did they drop off somewhere, that's helpful to know when you're evaluating whether your learning has been effective and what you might do next. And having direct access to here what challenges your learners are having is really important. It doesn't matter which kind of education you're doing. Getting that straight feedback from your learners is super important, whether you're doing that through surveys at the end of a class, whether you're doing that by them clicking a button and saying, I found this valuable, whether you're literally doing focus groups or just having them ask questions and or you asking questions of them. Because a lot of what we do in our life classes Like I said, I have a plan of what I'm going to cover, but I do that a lot through questions of them because we're adults, at least I'm teaching adults, and we have a lot of experiences, shared experiences that we bring to a learning environment. And so I like to be able to bring those experiences out and see where are they. So by posting questions of them, they tell me the answer and then I can fill those gaps because then that helps me understand what do they already know? So I'm not talking down to them, but... I can understand what they know and where they want to go, and then I can fill those gaps. And so I think that's super important, no matter what kind of education you're doing. Find a way to hear from your learners in some way so that you can really tailor your training to that. And don't forget the fun. (laughs) Yeah, don't forget the fun. That's the best aspect of it. I love that. What would you say you enjoy the most about your role, Kitsa? I mean, I'm an educator at heart. I've wanted to be a teacher since I was little. I never, I didn't play house. I played teacher when I was little. I had a, <laughs> a classroom. I had, you know, I took role of my teddy bears. You know, that, that was me from a very young age. So I just love all things education, but specifically this job. I really think what I love the most is talking with customers and hearing how our materials are helping them, whether that's launching workplace, whether that's making use of a tool in a way that I didn't imagine, because that's also why I love asking questions of our customers. I want to hear what they're doing because sometimes they come up with things I hadn't even thought of because I'm not using the product the same way that they are. So I love hearing how I put something together and that helped inspire an idea and use it in a different way and it drove adoption or it made their work better. That's really what gets me up every morning is just helping other people be the best version of themselves. Brilliant. And I'm quite bemused by the image of you with your rows of teddy bears teaching them. (laughs) I'm not surprised. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. So what does the future of digital learning look like, do you think? I, I think the future looks like virtual reality and augmented reality, right? Putting ourselves in these situations where we can be really immersive. And like I mentioned before, we we've done different versions of this as education has evolved. So there was experiential learning, right? When when we were in person, where you could go to a job site, for example, and try out that job and learn that way. Well, we can do that same thing with virtual and augmented reality, where we can really bring to life things that we just couldn't physically. So I think what's, what it does is it just gives us new opportunities that we didn't even think we could have, because we don't even have to work with what's real we can work with what could be, what it might be. And we could create, you know, fantasy worlds if we want to, or we can create super realistic worlds of what we want people to experience so that they can experience all of this in a really risk-free environment before they have to do it for real. And I and I really do think that is the key to experiential learning and, and learning in general. 
a lot of times people don't do something or try something because they're afraid of what might happen. Well, what if I click this button and I go live to the whole organization and I didn't mean to do that? Or, or you know, what if I say something wrong? What if I break something? And so by giving them a simulated experiential experience, they feel a lot more comfortable that they're not going to break something, that they understand what they're doing. And so that when they go do it for real, they're ready because they've already done it for all intents and purposes. They've done it in a, in a virtual space. And I think that's the key. And that's really where digital learning is going in the future. Just more of that, more immersive, that you just feel like you're really there and that you really did it. So that when you go do it for real, it's like, oh, deja vu. I've already done this. Yeah. Well, that will reinforce you because your brain will automatically tell you you've already done it. So you'll feel more confident to begin with. But also, we've all been there and thought, if I press enter now and it destroys the whole thing, you you sit there in fear. But this will take that fear factor almost away from you. So... Thank you so much, Kitsi, and thank you for sharing all your insights today and joining us on the podcast. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much, Lisa, for having it. It's been lovely chatting with you as always. And thank you to you for listening to The Workplace Effect Customer Stories. Listen out for our next Workplace Effect episode coming very soon, wherever you get your podcasts.